on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. And I have the victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Can you say amen to that? Glory to God. You can be seated. I'm going to ask Bill and Sue to pray. Let Bill pray for Israel and let Sue pray for America. We just came through July the 4th. and You know, we've got a lot of stuff going on in our country now and a lot of reports and things like this. And We need to continue to pray for America. We need to continue to pray for Christians united for Israel and for the nation of Israel. God has a great plan for Israel, and God has a great plan for America, but we need to continue to pray and continue to stand the guard for those nations. And so, Bill, why don't you come on up here and pray for Israel, and then, Sue, you can pray for America. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for the source of our very religion and existence, Lord God, that you have lifted up the nation of Israel as a standard for the entire world, Lord God. We thank you, Father, for their existence. We thank you for the eternal city of Jerusalem, a city which will not be divided. And Lord God, we thank you also for the message that comes out of Israel through Christ to us that we have eternal life through him. We thank you for them. They are related to us through the Spirit, and we thank you for that union in Jesus' name. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you. Lord, we do stand in awe, as, as Pastor Bill asked a few weeks ago, for us to read the Constitution. And as we go through that, we can see your divine hand in the nation, in this document, for it is written. And Father, when you said it is written, it is written that we are a nation, Lord, under God. And in, I know it didn't say that there. But we are a nation whose God is the Lord, and we are blessed. We declare it now that we are a blessed nation. We have a president, O oh Lord, whose heart is after you. And even though he doesn't please me in everything he does, Father, I do believe he wants to please you. And, Father, I thank you that he and Vice President Pence and all his cabinet and the Senate and the representatives they will be in unity. We call unity in our government now in Jesus' name. We thank you that Satan is a defeated foe in our country. We thank you that we will be that light on a hill that shines. Yes. We still will send the gospel of Jesus Christ across these lands. We still will honor you on Sunday. Father, we just agree right now that businesses will close and father they will do it of their own free will in order to honor you on that sabbath day that they will take this day of rest and it will be a sign father i thank you i thank you our nation shall be awakened again in this last great revival and we will be a blessed people blessed by you and blessed for you in jesus name we agree amen Amen. Thank you, Sue. Give him a hand. Thank God for all of you. And <clears throat> be praying this weekend, coming, or actually next week, Monday and Tuesday, Christians United for Israel uh, will be holding their uh, uh, yearly meeting in, uh, in Washington, D.C. 
and Vice President Pence is going to be one of the keynote speakers, along with, uh, by video, uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. And uh, it, it's a really a miracle of God what can happen when you release your faith to do what God shows you. About 12 years ago, I think it was, Pastor Hagee had a vision. Uh, it's really a couple of visions he's had. One of them didn't work out quite the way he thought it would when he first wanted to put together a group for Israel. But then when this one came, he called Pastor Billy Joe Doherty and some other pastors. Billy Joe Doherty's now in heaven, but to, together in San Antonio, and met with them and said that he wanted to start an organization that would pray and, and would really be an organization that would stand for Israel in this nation and that this nation was birthed as a Christian Judeo nation. Uh, the only nation on the face of the earth that I know of that was birthed as a Christian Judeo nation. And uh, out of that group now Christians United for Israel is the largest group, I believe in the world, but definitely in America. 3.5 million members, 24,000 members just alone in the state of Indiana. We need to give the Lord a hand for what he has done out of one, one vision, one word from God when a man put his hand to the plow and said, let's do it. And it's really amazing. Well, if you have your Bibles, Turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 6. We're going to be talking to, tonight about a very basic element, but probably one of the most important ones you will ever get solidified in your spirit. And that is how important the message of faith is. I know that Bill and Sue are working on a, a, a teaching on faith that they're going to be giving here shortly. And, and that, that the, the Word of God... The message tonight is that God is a rewarder. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is a rewarder. <clears throat> how many of you, how many of you have children? Let me see your hands. How many of you have grandchildren? How many of you just love to give things to your children and to your grandchildren? Nothing blesses me more. You've heard me share this before, but nothing blesses me more than take my grandkids uh, uh, out to Barnes and Noble and buy them a book and see them get excited about reading a book. And I was out there the other day with my granddaughter, Molly. She's seven and she's walking around looking at these books and she's back in the Disney section and she's picking out this books, plural, uh, along with plush toys. I'm trying to get her away from the plush toys, but you're picking out these books and finally she picks out this one and I never heard about it and she's talking about it and, and, and she said, oh yeah, Pop, this is the book. This is one. I've just been waiting for this book to come out. It just came out and I just thought she was just talking about things. I don't know. And finally a lady comes around the corner and the lady he says, oh yes, this is the newest release of Disney. It's hot off the press and we're selling them off the shelves. And so there's Molly right now. I can't wait to spend my money on her until I found out it was $17 for a little kid's book. Wasn't a little kid's book, but, but anyway, it was well worth it just to be able to bless her. God wants to bless you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God wants to reward you. He wants to reward us. He wants to bless us. He wants to give us things. He loves us because no matter how good of a parent, a father, a, a, a mother, a grandfather, a grandmother that you are, God loves his creation more than we do. And he wants to give us rewards and he wants to give us good things. And so if you understand 
how this all works, we're going to talk about it today. Because sometimes we all want more revelation. We want to learn more about things. But sometimes we would be better off if we just understood what we know and did what we knew and stayed focused on the basics and then grew from there, but just stay focused on what we already have. And God wants to bless us. <clears throat> I heard this story years ago, and I'm fine-tuning it, just this funny story years ago. I'm going to fine-tune it with the message of faith and how God wants to reward you. These two old boys were sitting around a campfire. They were buddies. They went out for, to, uh, to spend some time camping and fishing and hunting, and so the, they're in the midst of this campfire, and uh, all of a sudden, a bear breaks in to this these two guys, and the one guy looks at the other, and he said, man, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I have faith to outrun that bear. And the one guy said, well, I'm going to run. And he said, you're going to outrun that bear? He said, no, I don't have faith to outrun that bear. All I got to do is outrun you. <laughs> well, you know, there's a faith level that we all should have. In, and if you understand how it works, it'll set you free. It took me a long time to understand that if I release my faith in God and I trust Him, realizing that He's the one that's going to do it, all I have to do is be positioned, then God will do what He says He will do. When God can reward us, it blesses Him and it pleases Him. How many of you want to be pleasing to God? We all do, do we not? Let's look at God. I want to be pleasing to you. And sometimes we think about works and doing things and all these kind of things. But let's see what the Word of God says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It is so powerful as it sums up the message of faith. By the way, let's give our sound tech crew, I don't know what they did, but they got me going. Let's give them a hand back there. They did a great job. Unfortunately, let's give them a better hand than that. And I'll tell you why in just a moment. Normally, the only time they get any recognition of any kind is something's not going right, and everybody looks back there. They never mess things up on purpose, I hope. <laughs> no, they don't. they don't. They're good people back there. Okay, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, summing up faith, says this, But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So let's all say, God is a rewarder of those who seek Him and walk by faith. So therefore, if we, if we let me see the hands again, all the people, you want to be rewarded. You want to be, have God, I mean, if God wants to reward me, I want to do it. Every once in a while, I'm not asking anybody to do this. Turn to your neighbor and say, He's not asking for something. But every once in a while, I get things in the mail. I'm not probing for something, but I get gift certificates in the mail to Barnes & Noble. That just excites me. I got a $50 Barnes & Noble card in my billfold right now, and I got the book that was just released. I'm going to go out and get it. I know exactly what I want. And every once in a while, if something's coming up, a birthday or Christmas, and they'll say, what are, what are you going to give Pop or what are you going to give Dad or whatever? And she says, you know, get him a Barnes & Noble card. Well, he got that last year. You want him to be happy? Get him a Barnes & Noble card. That is exactly right. So I know exactly what I'm going to do. We all like to get things and we like to give things. I believe we get it from God. I believe it's part of His DNA and part of our DNA 
We like to give and we like to receive. I love to take people to, th to Barnes & Noble and buy things for them. Like I said earlier, the kids, the grandkids, I like to get my Barnes & Noble card so I've got something to spend too. Now, I want to give you the definition of a few words here because it is so important that you understand what faith is and how whatever God says He is going to do, He can do it. If, if you try to figure it out, you will come out from under faith and you'll get into fear and doubt and worry and unbelief and anxiety and all those kind of things. But if you realize that if God said it, the issue was settled and it's going to happen. And if I miss God, it's not going to work. So I'll learn something from it, but I'm moving on anyway. Otherwise, you will lock up wondering, have I heard God or have I not heard God? The Word of God is truth, and it will set you free. And so the Word of God is what we download into our spirit man, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and that I'm blessed coming, I'm blessed going. And you get to the point when whatever happens in your life, you're going to respond with the Word, not with negativity, but by faith. So let's look at what it says. Now, the word faith says this, I mean, means this. It's conviction, confidence, trust, reliance, trustworthiness, and persuasion. And I want you to know that if you get full of the faith that God wants you to have, and you operate in that faith, people will think something is wrong with you. They will think you're sometimes a little arrogant and a little conceited and a little too confident that you can do anything God tells you to do, and that's exactly how you should be. That is exactly how you should be. It's an inward confidence and, and an assurance and a trust and a reliance in God and all that He says. Let's all say it. If God said it, it's settled. In other words, I know that God can do anything that He wants to do. So therefore, all I need to know is, what does God want to do? Well, I know this. I just read He wants to reward me if I'm in faith. If I'm not in faith, He can't reward me. Now, let me, let me show you what this says here. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, for he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Let me see the hands of all the people who have gotten out of faith and into fear, into doubt, unbelief, anxiety, worry, and all the rest of that junk. All of us are going to raise our hand at one time or another. That's not pleasing to God. Now, does it mean He's upset with you because you did that? No way. How many of you are pleased when your children feel bad about themselves? Oh, I'm so happy you feel bad about yourself. No, you're not pleased. You're displeased, not with the child, but with the way the child feels about themselves. God is not pleased when you are not plugged into Him by faith and you're worrying and anxious because He can never violate His Word. If His blessings and rewards flow based on faith, and that without you being in faith to be able to receive what He has for you, He can't bless you because He can't, he can't violate His Word. Does that make sense to you? You all understand what I'm saying? So in other words, He wants you to come to Him by faith 
God, I know you're going to take care of me. I know you're going to bless me financially. I know you're going to take care of my health. I know you're going to take care of my mind. I know you're going to take care of everything. Therefore, I'm going to stay in faith plugged in to what you have for, you, have for me. Now, let's look at the word. The other word here, the, the word please means, now this is what God wants us to be pleasing to him. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's not a performance. Not a performance. He wants us to be pleasing to him. Let's look at what that word means. Winning someone's favor, their affection, and their approval because you meet their expectations and you have moral agreement. Now, what is God's expectation of us? He wants us to approach Him by faith, believing that anything He said, He can do. And we have faith in Him. That is His expectation. Tell your neighbor, God expects you to walk by faith. Now, the reason it's so important to Him is because that's how He can reward you and bless you. And if He can't reward you and bless you, how many of you have ever put your children in timeout or, 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 you know, nobody likes the word punishment or discipline, but how many of you know, take the car away, take their allowance away or whatever. Most of us try to do it when they're kids and then we feel bad about ourselves and we turn around and give it to them anyway. But how many of you know what I'm talking about? It doesn't bring you any satisfaction to discipline or punish your children. You want to give them things because that is God's DNA in you. That's what God wants from us. He wants to reward us. So let's all say it again. Turn to your neighbor and say, God wants to reward you. You're a minute away from being rewarded. You're a minute away from having a blessing. Show up on your doorstep and say, look, here it is right here. And when you understand that, it will start to change your life. You start to look Every moment of the day and every day when you get up, I wonder how God's going to bless me today because I'm doing what he told me to do. I'm, I'm going where he told me to go. I'm seeing who he's told me to see. And all of these things are going to come upon me and overtake me because God loves me. Now, when that, when that happens in your life, it begins to change your life. When, and I know I've, I've shared this story before with you, but, but the, just the little things are what lead you to the big things. When Pam and I went to Tulsa, Oklahoma, Pam had walked with the Lord a lot longer than I had, and, and it, was, it, it, well, it was very difficult for me. It was difficult for her. She loved me so much, she overlooked all my faults, and I had a lot of faults. I really and truly did. But, but it, it, I was learning to walk by faith, and all I knew was that God told me, go to Tulsa, and you'll find the meaning for your life. Okay, I got the Word of God. Everybody say, I got the Word. How many of you got the Word somewhere in your life, and you don't know how it's going to work out? You just, you can't figure it out. We are not supposed to figure out how God is going to do what God is going to do. That's why he told us, lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him. He'll direct your steps. And so, so I, and I got a hold of the scripture and I thought, well, okay, I understand the scripture. And, and, and I know I'm supposed to have faith in God. So God said, go to Tulsa and you'll find the meaning for your life. So I go to tell Pam that. God's, I think God's telling us to go to tell her. We've just gotten married, and, 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 and I'm hoping she'll call it off. If you've been around this church for a while, you've heard me share this before. I'm hoping she'll say, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. And, and this is what she said. She said, you think that's God? Let's go. Glory to God. I didn't want to hear that. Well, we pack up. We go to Tulsa, and we get out there to Tulsa, and I'm trying to figure out how it's going to work. It's not working the way I thought it would. I thought I would go out there, get a great job, make a lot of money, and help God accomplish whatever he needed done. And it didn't work out that way. And it seemed like every time I touched things, it didn't work out. One day we had 
no gas in the car to get up. I heard people talk about gas and stuff like this and God multiplies your gas. I didn't have that kind of faith. I really didn't. All I knew was it worked for somebody else, but all I know is my gas tank is empty and I'm going to have problems. And I had to take her somewhere where she was playing in a tennis match against girls from Victory Christian School. She had gotten a job on staff there, and I was trying to figure out what I was doing in Tulsa. And, and, and so here I am, I get up in the, in, and I say, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know that I have enough gas to get to that tennis court and get back to my home. Got in my car, drove to the tennis court and said, God, I trust you. I know you can do this, but I just, I just don't understand it. Pulled into the parking lot of the tennis court. A guy came walking across the tennis court that I knew. He said, Bill, God spoke to me this morning and said, bring you a $20 bill. You know exactly what that means. Man, that was God rewarding me. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is a rewarder. That God was rewarding me, and, and I took that $20, and it's like, wow, that is really awesome. Now I'm looking for $200. Now I'm looking for $2,000, because, you know, you get that 20 and then you start looking around, but you can't be looking around for the blessing. you got to be focused upon your faith in God. Fast forward just a little bit, because faith does grow. I understand what it says about faith as a grain of mustard seed, but folks, if your faith is not growing, you're not going. Turn to your neighbor and say, your faith's got to grow. Your faith's got to grow to go to the next level. And so here we are trying to get in, into some other things and taking care of and, and, and this one particular scenario, and I know some of you have heard it before, but, but we, we didn't have any groceries. And we just got back from a trip that we had to take some students on. We came back and, and, and was actually in the office at the church at the time. I was working part-time and, uh, and I didn't have enough money for groceries and I got my checkbook out. How, have any of you, like I did, uh, got my checkbook out to see if I'd made a mistake on subtraction and addition to see if I had more money in the checkbook? I've never had it work for my favor. I've usually had it work for the other favor. But anyway, I, finally, I was thumbing through my checkbook, and, and our checkbook, and I found a check for $100. We had forgot to turn in a back check to the church. And I had it there in front of me, and, and, and this check, whoa, glory to God, my knee just locked up, hallelujah. That's what happens when you get younger, glory. And, and uh, <laughs> I'm trying to pretend in front of you it doesn't hurt. <laughs> uh, but, but anyway, I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I saw that $100 check, and I took it to Pam, and I said, honey, we got a $100 check here. We got $100. We can get some groceries. And she just looked at me like only my wife can. And she said, whatever you think, honey. Well, I knew what that translated in spiritual talk. That meant that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That check belongs to God. And I went back and I sat in my office and I said, oh, God, I know your word works, but I just don't see it working like I thought it would. And I just remember just crying out to God. And I said, okay, I'm going to take it over. I'm going to give it to the accounting department. Took it over, gave it to the accounting department. We're back and sat down. How many of you realize whether you're a man or a woman, you want to provide for your family? And when you can't provide for your family, it doesn't matter what anybody tells you about faith, you're still wanting to provide for your family, and you just feel like you need to do something. But sometimes we don't have to do anything. Turn to your neighbor and say, sometimes you don't have to do anything. To prove that, how many of you have ever done something just so you're doing something and found out it got a lot worse? <laughs> it got a lot worse. You just got a lot deeper into that quicksand. And so I went back and I sat down in my office 
And I just started crying. And I said, God, I just don't know what to do. I do not know what to do. We don't even have money to buy groceries. I know your word's true, but it doesn't seem to be working for me. You just have to show me. <clears throat> and at 6 o'clock, this was around noon or so, about 6 o'clock, five, or five, 5 o'clock, before VBI classes started, June Austin, I'll never forget that name as long as I live, walked into my office. She said, Bill, almost identical to the parking lot experience. Bill, God spoke to me today and said, I'm to bring you $100, and you'll know exactly what that was for. That was for the groceries. Glory to God. And then it must be, yeah, give the Lord a hand. But, it, but he's no respecter of persons. Tell your neighbor, he's no respecter of persons. You know, I could have gone out and said, look, I need a part-time job here to shovel your walk so I can get money for the groceries or whatever. Or I could do what I thought God said, and I thought God said, I'll take care of it. it the hardest thing in the world for me is not to be able to do what I know needs to be done to provide for what I need to provide, but I know God told me what to do, but I'm not sure it's God. Does that make sense, or is that just a lot of double talk? Is, is that, in other words, okay, is it really you, God? When he brought that $100 in there. Now, when, when this stuff, when you experience this, it'll absolutely change your life. Our focus is always on God, not on the situation, not on the money that's needed, not on the healing that's needed, but on the healer, on the provider. Now, it, it, one of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible is Matthew chapter, uh, uh, excuse me, Mark chapter 11, verse 22, when Jesus said, have faith in God. So let's all say, our faith is in God. And that when Jesus, in, in it's Matthew 4, 4, said man should live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So in other words, my faith is based on God. My faith is based on what God said. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So everything that God said in this book, I have to to download, if I'm going to walk by faith in everything that I do, everything in my prayer journal becomes the current manna for me, not for you. You have to live out of your prayer journal. And I start to look at that, and then this becomes solidified. I know what God said. I have faith in God. I know God can do whatever God said He can do. When we were in Tulsa, so many things that we experienced, and back here too. I remember we got ready to come over here for this building. Sue found us this building, and we, we walked through the building, and, and it was rough. <laughs> it was, I could not see what this building has turned out to be. It was rough. I don't know what it was before we came over here, but it was rough. And Sue was explaining, oh, this could be this, and this could be this. And I, sometimes I have a hard time seeing that stuff, but she saw it. And, and God worked it all out. We didn't really have quite enough money, uh, I think, for the first rent, or maybe we had the first rent or something taken care of. But I really felt like God said that this was your building. And I remember driving a truck over here. There probably aren't too many people that were here. Anybody here besides Bill and Sue when we moved? We moved the whole church in one day. It was really awesome. But I pulled up out back, and, and I am apprehensive. I really am. We, we have made a decision to do something that we did not have the financial ability to do. Can I see all the hands that you've either done that 
or God is pushing you in that direction and you don't want to go that direction. It seems to me like every time God has told me something to do, I've never had the provision for it. Told us to go to Tulsa, you find the meaning of your life. Did not have the money to go. Told us it got out there and got established and the money started flowing to go to Lafayette. And now we got to come back and well, we don't have to come back, but, but we came back here. And again, it was always an issue of something that was beyond us. So we're moving that church that day. And I am still a little bit apprehensive. I said, God, I, I think this is the right thing to do and all. Pulled up in a pickup truck, backed the truck up against the back of the church. There, all, there were all sorts of trucks being moved. And there's a guy sitting across the street in a car. And I knew the guy. He's never been to our church, but I knew the guy. And he jumps out of the car and he comes running over and he says, I just want you to know I believe in what you're doing. And threw a wad of cash in the cab of that truck. And it was, it was like you see on television, like those, uh, well, whatever. Uh, but, but it was huge. It was a huge wad of cash. And I think it was around $1,000. I don't remember, but he just dropped it in my lap. And it was as if God was saying, I can move on the heart of anybody to bless you and, and to reward you. Tell your neighbor, God is a rewarder. And that when you understand that and do what God is saying, it's not that we're seeking the reward, but we want to be pleasing to God. I want to be pleasing to my wife. I know I'm not always pleasing to her, but I want to be pleasing to my wife. But more than anything, wouldn't you like to be pleasing to God? And God is pleased and blessed when he can reward you. So therefore, it's like, God, are you saying through your word that all I have to do is walk by faith and that your blessings will come upon me and that you will reward me and that it will please you? And God is saying to you, yes, yes, and yes. So then we get to that point. And, and the, the stories that we would hear out in, in Tulsa of just fantastic stories uh, of, you know, the, the, the property that Victory Christian Center has. And Oral Roberts himself said, you'll never, I'll never sell this property. This property will never be sold. You never compare anybody to God. But if I were going to compare somebody to the Lord, it would be somebody like Oral Roberts or Billy Graham or somebody like that. And if Billy Graham, I mean, if Oral Roberts said, I'm never selling this land, it's always going to stay with the Oral Roberts University, I would take him as his word. And that's what Billy Joe was told after he's driving down Lewis Avenue, looked out into a, was it a pecan field, honey, a pecan field, and saw the church that's out there right now, Victory Christian Center, and went to an architect, had him just sketch some things out, and, and, and didn't even know who owned the land, and then found out it was owned by the uh, Oral Roberts University, not Oral Roberts himself, but Oral Roberts University, and he went to him and talked to him after a series of meetings and all, and just said, you know, would you ever be interested in selling that land? We are never selling that land. Billy Joe went back to his office, and I'm paraphrasing an awful lot of this, and I said, well, I guess I miss God. How many of you have ever thought you missed God? You found out later on you didn't miss God. You just needed more time, more patience, more faith, more, more perseverance to hang in there and keep moving forward. Fast forward, I think it was almost a year, but I don't recall exactly how long it was. Oral Roberts called Billy Joe and said, I'm never selling that land but I'll lease it to you. I'll give you a land lease. Well, Billy Joe was excited. However, everybody say however. You can't change the Word of God. Tell your neighbor, you can't change the Word of God. He felt like God told him 
to buy the land. Oral Robert said, no, but I'll give you a land lease. And Billy Joe was willing to go with Oral Roberts. And I'm not judging Billy Joe. I would have probably done the same thing. But they were going to enter into a land lease. And just before everything happened, Oral Roberts called back and said, wait a minute, this is not going to work. We can't do a land lease. I just don't feel comfortable with it. Some other things had enter, entered into the equation. And he said, I'll sell you the land if you can raise the money in seven months. Seven months from that date, $3.5 million came in over and above the operating budget. And the land came into the kingdom of God and is still being used in the kingdom of God out there because God, yeah, give the Lord a hand, because... God wanted to reward Victory Christian Center and put them on that land. Whatever God has for you, don't give up. Don't let go. Hold your faith tenaciously and know that it is eventually going to happen if it is God. And if for some reason I miss God, God is going to bless me. I'm going to back up just a little bit. Three years before, maybe four years before, Shortly after we arrived on the scene in 1981, I know the year, Victory Christian Center started. This is long before the story I just told you. Billy Joe is on, it has a car dealership that he has remodeled to look like a church that looks like an old car dealership that is now a church. And they borrowed, they go to the bank. This sounds so inconceivable based on when we arrived and met Pastor Doherty. So inconceivable. But he went to the bank and borrowed $3 million. Put the ministry $3 million in debt. Can I see the hands of all the people? You've made some really foolish decisions in your life. My hand is raised too. $3 million in debt. And the ministry is growing rapidly until they go $3 million in debt. Now the ministry levels off and they can't service the debt other than the interest. And they're really having a hard time serving, ser taking care of the interest. And it looks like the ministry is not going to make it. To his credit, we were there and I never, ever knew it. Because you'd never know it, seeing them preach and hear the word of God and all. But the ministry was going under and he was trying the best as he could, the best he could. And one day in the middle of the night, he woke up and, he, and somebody else had had a word for him. But he felt like God showed him, you made a mistake. This is not what I have for you. So now, let me see the hands of all the people who've made mistakes. <laughs> this would be an encouragement for you. So now he's $3 million in debt. He can't service the debt, and God showed up and said, and by the way, you made a mistake. <laughs> Holy glory to God. So what does he do? He tells the congregation, he comes before the congregation. We were there then. He grew, he's always grown. I, 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 he, he's, he's a giant in my life. He's a great mentor. And, uh, but I'll never forget the time he stood up in front of that congregation, and he said, I have made a mistake. I have missed God. Never has a man grown any more than he grew in my eyes at that moment when he said, I've made a mistake. I have made a mistake. I have missed God. I've repented before God. I'm now repenting to all of you. And now God is going to take care of it. And people would say, how's he going to take care of it? He said, I have no idea. <laughs> he didn't say that. That's me adding that. But I have no idea. But he told the associate pastor, put the church up for sale. And the people in the community said, well, you'll never be able to sell that church. 
you know, nobody wants a car dealership that looks like a church uh, for a church, and nobody wants a car dealership that looks like a church. And, uh, you know, nobody's going to want it. Billy Joe said, God will take care of it. Planted a seed out of faith. Planted a seed of tents down in Guatemala, a tent down in Guatemala. How many of you realize sometimes when things get bad and they seem to get worse and you're ready to bail out and they're actually getting better? Does that make sense? Okay, he's got this huge tent that they, that they had. And, and, and so he, he, he calls up this missionary that in Guatemala, Jim Zirkel, who's now in heaven. And, and he said, Jim, I, I've got this huge tent. Could you use it down there? We'll send it to you. And, uh, you know, you can have it. It's a, a thousands of dollars worth of tent. And uh, the guy said, well, Billy Joe, yeah, I'd love to have it. But he said, I don't, I don't really need that tent. I need two smaller tents. So now the seed he was trying to plant, he's got to redo it. He's got to cut it in half or something. I forget exactly what he did. Anyway, it cost him more money to plant the seed than it did in the beginning. So it looks, it looks like it's going the wrong direction. Tell your neighbor, sometimes it looks like it's going the wrong direction. It looked like it was going the wrong direction. But God was doing the work. And so then it goes on for almost a year's time. But they just stand steady. And, and he had a lot of people that would come against him and say, this is never going to work. But one day, everybody say one day. But one day the rewarder came. And the rewarder came, I believe, through the leading of the Holy Spirit. And his name was not, he's not the Holy Spirit, but his name was Sam Walton. And Sam Walton is driving down Lewis Avenue in Tulsa, Oklahoma, looking for a place to put a Sam's Club. And he drives by and he sees the for sale sign and he says, what is that? And I said, well... It's a car dealership that they made into a church and that they're $3 million in debt and they want to get out. In one moment's time, he offers them $3.1 million. The ministry goes from a $3 million debt in one moment to $100,000 in the bank in one moment. Turn to your neighbor and say, I want those kind of rewards too. And they're coming your way if you're seeking the rewarder and what he has. There are things that all of us are standing and believing God for. All we have to do is to know, God, what are you speaking to me? And I want us to look at Hebrews chapter 11 again, and it's verse number 8. And Hebrews 11, 8 says this, <clears throat> by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place where he would receive the inheritance, which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. For some reason, every time I see that scripture, <laughs> I'm going to have to hurry up for time's sake. Every time I see that scripture, I think about the first funeral service that uh, I was going to a funeral service because Billy Joe Doherty, Pastor Doherty, asked me if I'd go with him. And I said, yes. And, and I had, and, and he said, he said, uh, this is a person who I don't know, but they called me, they saw me on television. Why don't you just go with me? Fine. So I get a call about a half hour before the service, hour before the service from his secretary, and says, Billy Joe can't make it. Uh, he said, you go ahead and do the service. I had, I had never done a funeral service. I wasn't even sure what you do at a funeral service. I only had one car, and Pam had the car at home. I picked up the phone. I, I 
Yeah, I was not calm. <laughs> I picked up the phone. I said, you got to get over here right away at the car. Got to do a funeral service for Billy Joe. Don't even know the guy. And, and she pulled up in the front of the church. And I jumped in the car and we took off down the street. She says, where's the service? I said, I don't know. <laughs> we are driving down the street in Tulsa. And I, I was so shook up and, and I, didn't even, I did not know where we were going. We had to pull, this is before cell phones. We had to pull over to a gas station, run in the gas station, call the church and say, where is the service? And we finally got through it. But I always think of that when I think about that scripture. But Abraham was quite a character. <clears throat> but he had one thing going for him. He knew God. And look at Romans chapter 4. We're going to close with this scripture. It is so powerful. One of the most powerful scriptures in the entire Bible. It is Romans chapter 4, verse 20 and 21. Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what God had promised and whatever God said he has promised, he was well able to perform. There isn't a single one of you here tonight that doesn't believe that. There isn't a single one of you here tonight that doesn't believe that God can do whatever God wants to do. But where the rubber meets the road is, it's you and the situation you're in. It's not something somebody else went through. But you are in a situation where you are at the edge and you've got to see God's hand move. And you believe with all of your heart, you know what the Word of God said, you know what God's will is in that situation, and you've got to stay focused on the author and the finisher of your faith. Because if you'll stay steady, you will see the reward of God come. And I want to leave you with one more scripture before we pray. And that is that when Jesus, in the book of uh, Matthew, it's uh, chapter 16, I believe. They're going to put it up there. Jesus said to, uh, to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him desire himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. Now look at this next part. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Now look at the last verse. This is so powerful concerning God being a rewarder. It's first number, uh, hmm, isn't it? Did we miss one? There it is. There it is, 27. For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. God wants to reward us here, and he will be pleased while we're on this earth. And he is going to reward us in the next life. And he's preparing those rewards as he rewards us for doing what he's called us to do in this life. Why? Because he is a rewarder. Let's all stand to our feet. I don't know what it is that you're facing, but every single one of us is facing something. You know, when I was facing a, an empty gas tank and I got the $20, oh, glory to God, that was absolutely unbelievable because I didn't, know, I didn't know what I was going to do. 
I didn't know what my next step was going to be. Now when I hear somebody say, I need $20, <laughs> it's a piece of cake. Release your faith, you'll get that. But then all of a sudden there's a $2,000 need or there's a report that came that is so contrary to the Word of God and they say, you know, you're not going to make it. You know, this report or that report or a child or a situation or a circumstance that you in and of yourself can't do anything about. But you know what the Word of God says. That's why it's so important to know the Word of God. You know what the Word of God says. You know what your prayer journal told you to do. And you're going to stay steady because you are fully convinced. Everybody say, I'm fully convinced. You are fully convinced that whatever God told you to do, you can do it. You happen to get into a situation like Billy Joe, and God tells you that, look, I see your heart, and I know your heart is right, but you made a mistake. You're going after the wrong thing. God shows you that. You just say, God, I'm ready to turn. I repent. You start moving. That reward's coming right after you because God will use it for good in your life. Some of the decisions that I made that were so wrong in trying to serve God and thinking I was right, I watched God cover me because of my heart. I watched Him restore what I screwed up, and I watched Him bring that reward in spite of making a wrong decision. A lot of people are locked up because they've made a wrong decision, and they think, well, I'm not going to do that again. No, no. You get knocked down, you get right back up and you start moving again in the direction you think is the direction God has for you. It's easy for God to move somebody left or right, forward or backward, if they're moving. But when you just stand still, it's very difficult. When you're walking by faith and not by sight, you're not moved by anything that you see. You're only moved by the Word of God. Can you say amen? Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? I want to ask all of you the most important question you will ever, ever answer. Do you know where you will spend eternity? There is an eternity. There is a heaven, there is a hell. Hell is reserved for the devil and the demonic forces, never for mankind. But because of sin, because of mankind's depravity, there is a hell. But it is the will of God for every single person on the face of the earth to go to heaven. But there is a key to get there. And that is to acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. To let Him into your heart, take away all of your sin. Set you on the path of righteousness. Maybe you're here and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you have, but you know you've slipped away from Him. He still loves you. He still has a plan for you. And if I've described you, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air and we're going to pray for you. God loves you, but God wants you to come back to Him. We'll take just a moment. Lord, you know every single person here, anyone at all, Lord, doesn't know you. Let this be their night. Hallelujah. Now, Father, I pray for those people that are facing situations, circumstances, where they really need to see a breakthrough. They're doing what they feel they know that you've shown them to do, but it seems like it just isn't happening. But Lord, I know that you're a God of the breakthrough. How many of you are facing things right now? You're doing everything you believe God has shown you to do, but you need that breakthrough. Would you lift your hand? 
Now, Father, you see, you see all of these hands lifted. I pray that in the name of Jesus, when we are walking by faith and not by sight, we are pleasing to you and that your reward is going to flow. I bind every breakthrough off of every single person. I bind the enemy stopping the breakthrough off of every single person. And I pray, Lord, that they will be focused like a flint upon the author and the finisher of their faith. They will not let go. They'll not give up. They'll not back down. But they will press on and persevere to see your hand move. That we are convinced that whatever it is that you've said to them, you will bring it to pass. And we thank you for that in the precious name of Jesus. And we all say, I want us to make this confession before we leave. Got a word, honey? That's all I said. I am fully convinced. I am fully convinced. That whatever God says. God says. In his word. In his word. Through his spirit. He is well able to do. Therefore, I confess, I am healed. I have the mind of Christ. I'm blessed coming. I'm blessed going. I am the head, not the tail. I always walk by faith, not by sight. I don't lean to my understanding. I acknowledge Him. He'll direct my steps. Every moment of every day, I plan to be pleasing to God and walk by faith so that my God will be pleased to reward me however He desires. Can you believe that? Let's give the Lord a hand. Go and be blessed. Let the blessings of God come upon you and overtake you.